that every spirit of unbelief shall be taken away from us this morning. Any doubt in your heart, just lay your hands on your chest and begin to pray for yourself. Let the word wrath and work for me this morning. At any point in time, if doubt comes in, we ask that the Holy Spirit will take every heaviness of doubt, irrespective of what we've been going through, irrespective of what we have, that our heart shall be receptive to what God has for us, and so it shall be in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, we'll take the hymn that precedes the word of the Lord, which is ancient words. For the reading of the word of the Lord, we take our text this morning from the book of Mark, chapter 4. We'll read from verse 3 to 9, and then we'll jump to verse 14. Mark, chapter 4, we shall read from verse 3 to 9, and we shall jump to verse 14. So that we all participate in today's service, we're going to read together as one big family. If you are there, say amen. If you are there, say a louder amen. Now, multimedia will help us as we read Mark chapter 4 from verse 3 to 9. If we are not loud enough, we'll start all over again. Amen. Recently, I started this exercise, and usually it's a football exercise. So when we do some, what do we call it again, some running around, at, forgetting what they call it, the coach will always say, if you don't do it well, you start all over again. So if one person misses it, everybody does what? Starts all over again. So let's read loud enough and read loud enough for your own hearing and not for the hearing of your neighbor. All right, let's read. Listen, behold, a sower went to sow. And it happened as he sowed that on the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Verse 5. Some fell on stony ground and immediately it sprang up because it has no depth of the earth. Verse 6. 
But when the sun was come, it was caught. And because it had no root, it withered away. Verse 7. And sun seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no ground. Verse 8 louder. But other seed fell on good grounds, and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. Verse 9. And he said to them, He who has ears, let him hear. So we jump to verse 14. Are you ready? Now you, amen. So let's read 14 and let's read it the loudest we can. The sower sows the word. Just give yourself a round of applause. The Lord be praised. But before you sit down, why don't you go to three people and say hello to three people. Cheer somebody up this morning before you sit down. Three people, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Anything you have to greet, just greet three people. Go around, say hello to three people. Give somebody a hug this morning. Give somebody a high five this morning. Just say hello to someone. It is just unusual this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now for those who are into farming, you possibly will need to help me this morning if I miss one or two things. This morning, Jesus speaking to a group of people spoke about the parable of the sower. And he said something concerning the seed that as he went to sow, some seed fell on good grounds, some on stony grounds. But the one that fell on the good ground grew very well. For the little we all know, anything called a seed is not just the seed as small as it is. A seed has a fruit in it depending on what you want of it. A seed also have a tree for those who want to use it for firewood. So it plants for what? For the purpose of a tree. And we all know that even the tissue we have is gotten from a tree. So you can plant a tree so that you can get to, you know, process it much later on. But in all those, the seed houses whatsoever you want. So everything you need is wrapped up in that seed. Am I correct? I say, am I correct? And so this morning, by the message of the Lord, I'll be teaching on the subject that I'm entitled, Wrapped Up in the Seed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Wrapped up in the seed. If you're here this morning, you don't have a pen or a paper, I'll ask that you please get one. Just grab a pen and a paper because it's going to be more of a teaching. So before we start, we'll start with the parable of the sower. So Jesus speaking to the people, spoke to them concerning the sower. So he tries to tell them that there's something called seed sowing. And so he tried to explain to them how a, a seed is being sown and how it can germinate fruit. But before we go deep into this, we'll start from the beginning. And that beginning comes from Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. In the beginning, the Bible says, God created the heavens and he created the earth. And when he had made the heavens and the earth, because the earth was without form and void. And so the spirit of the Lord rovered upon the surface of the earth. And afterwards, the Lord said, let there be light and there was what? Let there be light and there was what? 
let me turn to this end we seem to be louder let there be light and there was what let me turn once again to this side let there be light and there was what so the first day came and the bible says and the lord god said again let there be the firmament and the firmament came the first day came the second the third the fourth the fifth the sixth the story we know so well and on the seventh day what did god create on the seventh day what did God create on the seventh day? God created rested. Is that what we are saying? So God rested on the seventh day. Please correct me if I'm wrong as we go on. So God did the creation in how many days? Six days. And on the seventh day, God did what? Rested. And the story we know very well, the most interesting part is in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. And so as God was creating, he called the host of heaven. And he said to them, let us make man in our own image and in our own words, likeness. Do you remember the story? Do we remember the story? Pardon me, I'm going to expect so many feedbacks from you. Do you remember the story? So God called the host of heaven, which include Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and whoever he needed to call. And they had a board meeting and they said, let us make man in our own image. Who was the first man that God created? So God created Adam was the first man that God created. So the Bible says, and God made man in his own image. The meaning of that is God recreated himself into Adam. So whatever God wanted in God, he created it in a man called Adam. Now in verse 28, I want you to be careful because everything we read today, we're going to be reading them lines upon lines. We have a pen. Just try to do some underlining. I'm going to tell you when to write. He said, and so after God had made man, the Lord God blessed them and he gave them a charge. Be fruitful and what? And multiply. And do what? Replenish the earth and do what? And dominate the earth, the fish, the sea and blah, blah, blah. Verse 29. Verse 29. And God said, see, I have given you everything that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth. And he went and said, of every tree, to you it shall be what? To you it shall be what? Read with me. To you it shall be what? To you it shall be food. Tell your neighbor food. I need you to be attentive to that. If you can write it down, write it down. Just write the word food. Usually when the scriptures write the word food, it mixes it what with sometimes he replaces it with the word meat or replaces it with the word bread. Those three things always go together. The word food, the word meat, and the word bread. Let's try to see if we can remember. The word was food, the word was, and the word was. Let me turn to this side. We're beginning to get louder than they are. Let's see who will win this contest of louder at the end of the day. So the word was food, the word was, and the word was. Let's just take it as a family. The word was food the word and the word was so the lord repeated this word in verse 29 or i think in verse 30 and he went ahead give us verse 30 if you read the last part he also told them not only have i given you seed of the tree i've also given you herb to grab and it shall be what to you food and it was what so so when the scriptures uses the word food and uses the word bread or meat those three words means anything that is referring to is expected to be serving as a nutrition to you or as a source of growth 
So if it says he has given you help as food, it means when you eat it, you're supposed to grow with it. Or if it says he has given you as a meat or as a what? As a bread. Do you grab that? So write it down. The word food, meat, and bread is for your nutrition. Amen. So when God had made Adam and Eve, so he said, the two shall become one. Now, all these things that the Lord did, he summarized it in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. I want you to be careful when we're reading it. He said in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, and the Lord God formed man. Now, remember, the forming of man was in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. But he rephrased everything that he did in Genesis 2 verse 7. What did God say? He says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and he breathed in him and he breathed unto his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being you won't understand what you've just read but what you've just read has the potency to change life and the lord god formed man of the dust of the earth and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being write it down man is a living being write it quickly i didn't say say it write it down man is a living being now repeat after me man is a living being say it louder man is a living being Genesis chapter 3 verse 14 to 19. Multimedia help us. So after God had made man and created Adam and Eve, the Bible says, and he picked both of them and gave them instructions. The instructions were simple. He said, look at the whole garden of Eden. I have formed all the trees for you to eat. But it's a particular tree in the midst of the garden. That tree itself is forbidden. Of all the trees of the earth, you shall not eat, but you shall eat. But of the tree of the midst of the garden, you shall what? You shall not touch for the day you shall eat it you shall what you shall die for the day you shall eat the fruit at the midst of the tree you shall do what you shall die and so the bible said in genesis chapter 3 from verse 1 it says and the serpent became cunning amongst most cunning of all the creation and the bible says and satan which is the serpent rather deceived eve and said to eve did the lord god tell you that if you shall eat the fruits of the of this fruit you shall die Eve replied him, yes, he said, if I should eat of the fruit of the tree, the day we shall eat it, we shall die. And the serpent said to Eve, he said, you shall not surely die, but the day you shall eat it, your eyes shall be opened that you may be able to comprehend the difference between good and evil. And so the Bible says, and that Satan convinced the woman and she plucked the, the fruit which we are not sure it is apple anyways. So he plucked, he plucked the fruit because it was pleasing to the eyes. Remember Jesus speaking says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the words, and the pride of life. So she fell to the lust of the eyes. The scripture says she took the fruit and she ate it, and she took the same fruit to her husband. Convince the husband. So if you are married and your wife is good at convincing, it didn't start from today. My wife is very good at that, so it started from where? Creation. So Eve was able to convince Adam. All the time Adam was there, nobody could convince him until who came? Eve came. So the woman came and convinced the, the man, and they both ate the, the, the fruit, and their eyes were what? Were opened. 
And the story continues. And the Lord God came in the pool of the evening. And then he looked for Adam and Eve and they were nowhere to be found. And he called their name Adam, where art thou? And Adam said, for I heard your voice and I hid because I was naked. And God said to Adam, who told you that you were naked? He says, did you eat the fruit in which I told you not to eat? And so the blame game started. Adam speaking to God says, For it is the woman in which thou gave me that caused me to eat it. And the Lord God was furious on the woman and said, What is it that thou hast done? And the woman passed on the blame game to Satan. He says, For it is the serpent in which you placed in the midst of the garden that had convinced me. So three people were guilty. The first person is the serpent. The second is who? The woman. And the last is what? The man. Now, I want you to look at the punishment that was given to these three individuals. We always know the punishment, but we fail to see the grace in those punishments. Genesis chapter 3 from verse 14 to 19 spoke about the punishment to these three individuals, but in it was the, was, was the forgiveness that God gave to man. Have you ever seen, have you ever punished a child and immediately you are loving the child? That was exactly what happened between Genesis chapter 3 from verse 14 to 19. I'll show you. Are you ready? Are you ready? So Genesis chapter 14. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed amongst all cattle and amongst all other beasts and on your belly you shall go listen to me the next thing says you shall eat dust all the days of your life who is he speaking to who is he speaking to let me move to this side who is he speaking to now i want you to be attentive now he said you shall eat dust all the days of your life you shall eat what you shall eat what dust is just four letter words you can say it louder it's no longer so say it louder you shall eat what so Satan will eat what all the days of his life? He shall eat dust all the days of whose life? Whose life? As long as Satan is living, what will he be eating? You know what? I bless those who taught me when I was young. You know those small children Sunday school. In fact, what I was taught, I don't know what you were taught. Our own local church taught us that the serpent initially had many legs. It was just like a reptile. Were you taught the same thing? That the day he is sealed, the Lord God caused him. So the legs entered the body. So he had to be walking on the world, on the belly. Were you taught the same thing? I was also taught that the reason why he brings out his tongue intermittently is because he's eating what? It's because so he's looking for dust to eat. But you and I have watched animal documentary. We know that Satan, the serpent don't eat dust, does he? What do, what do the snakes eat? They eat other reptiles, rats, lizards, any other thing. I was telling someone that, that, that the serpents don't eat dust. He said, no, God caused Satan and the serpents eat dust. I said, Let's, you need to try an experiment. Get an anaconda. Keep him starved for one month. Just one month. After that, put a heap of dust in one side of the room and you stay on the other side of the room. Now you tell me, what is he going to eat? So if, 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 if the serpent actually eats dust, why will he go for the man? Now, all these things that were written were only symbolic. Every punishment that God gave the Satan were all symbolic. We get to see it. 
you will see what each of them meant. So the Satan will eat what? Dust. Have you written it down? Minister Okewo, have you written it down? Just write it down. Satan eats what? The example I gave, don't try it at home or outside home. Praise the Lord. So the God said, for you shall eat dust out for the rest of your life. The next verse. In verse 15 it says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman. And between your seed and her what? Now, let's pay attention to that word seed. Is it a small or capital letter? The second seed. It is written boldly in what letter? Which means he's referring to a person. He said, I'll put enmity between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now, for anything that bruises the heel, the least you can the least you can do is to cause harm. But for anything that bruises the head, it's an indication of defeat to that thing. So the least Satan does to the seed of the woman. Write it down. Seed of the woman. Write it down. Seed of the what? Quickly, quickly, quickly. Seed of the woman. It's very important to understand what the seed of the woman is. So when God was saying, he shall bruise your feet and he shall bruise your head. It means Satan will bruise the heel of the seed of the woman and the seed of the woman will bruise his head. Much later we'll go into details that that seed, I don't need to tell you, is who? Jesus the Christ. We'll read later on and we'll see. Give us verse 16. And God left Satan and went to the woman and gave the woman the punishment. Watch this carefully. And he said to the woman, because you have done it, I will so multiply your seed in conception, which we all see. Now, the punishment God gave man and the women, the woman, was not symbolic. They were reality of life. He said, for I will multiply your sorrow. Do women feel pain when they are giving birth? Do they feel pain? Leave the men to, not to answer. Women, do you feel pain where you are? I felt more pain than my wife did. Amen. So he said, for he shall, and he said, your desire shall be to your husband, for he shall rule over you. So initially, God created them equally, but when he fell, the man now ruled over what? The woman. Verse 17, the scripture went ahead and now came to a man called Adam. Pay attention. And he says, because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and you have eaten of the tree in which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it anymore. He says, cursed be the ground for you all the days of your life, all the days of Adam's life. Verse 18, pay attention. He went and said, so both thorns and tittles, it shall be unto you, and you shall eat the hair. Remember the word eat. Remember we said, it doesn't actually mean that you have it for sustenance. It is when you see the word food, or you see the word what? Or you see the word hair. Verse 19, carefully, we are going to break through now. It says, in the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you what? return to the ground. Which bread was he referring to? He was referring to everything that man picks from the ground. That is none of our business. He says, for out of it you were taken, for what? Dust you are. Uh, you didn't get that. Now, read after me for what you are. Say it louder. For what you are. Say it louder. For what are you? Who was he referring to? 
So he was referring to the man called Adam. And he said, Adam, for you are what? You are dust. Remember verse 14. What did God tell, say that the snake will eat all his days of his life? He said to Satan, for you shall eat dust out for the rest of your life. Then he came to verse 19 and he told Adam, for you are dust. Invariably, he was telling Satan, because man has fallen from his glory, you are given permission to feed on him. Now, doesn't that bother you? When man makes all, when you are successful, you are all you get, Satan still keep coming at you. That is why the scripture Jesus speaking says, for this reason the son of man came, that he may destroy the works of Satan. You... You didn't get it when I read Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. Let me open your eyes. In Genesis 2 verse 7, the Bible says, And God formed man of the dust of the earth. He repeated that word, dust of the earth. And he breathed into him the breath of life, and man became a living being. Invariably, he's saying, Adam is dust. Man is dust. So when man fell from glory, he gave permission to the Satan express permission. If he makes money, take it away. If he makes good health, take it away. If he feels joy, take it away. Anything that man has, God gave Satan the express permission to do what? To attack. Let me blow your mind. First Corinthians. Multimedia, help us. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 45. Now let us look at something very carefully here. First Corinthians 15 45. Now that you know that man is dust, watch this. In 1 Corinthians 15, 45, the Bible says, And so it is written, The first man, Adam, became a what? A living being. Remember, when we read Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, he says, And God breathed into man the breath of life, and man became a what? So the man called Adam was the first man. He was the first Adam. He was a living being. And then he says, The last Adam. Doesn't it, don't you ask questions when God referred to Jesus as the last Adam? It would have been easier if he said, Adam was a living being, Jesus is a life-giving spirit. But he calls Adam, Adam, and called Jesus the second or the last Adam. What was he saying? This is Adam. Jesus also is Adam. Because Adam was made in the image of God, and Jesus himself is God himself. So this is the first and the fallen Adam, and this is the second and the victorious Adam. Watch this carefully. In verse 47, help us multimedia. The scripture went ahead and says, the first man, who was the first man? Adam. He was made of what? Oh God, you didn't get it. The first man was made of what? And the second was made of what? Ah, the second man is what? Is the Lord from heaven. So Adam is made of dust. Satan has permission to attack and collect everything. The second man, which is the last Adam, is not made of dust. He comes from heaven and so he has no permission from Satan. Are you getting it? So in verse 49, the scripture went ahead and defined it. 49. And says, for the first Adam was made of dust, the second is not made of dust. 
He calls him Adam because he's a reflection of God. The second is also Adam because he's the reflection of God. Whilst the first Adam doesn't have immunity over Satan, the second Adam had immunity over Satan. So if you are operating in the dust level, no wonder why you make money but you spend the rest of the time in the hospital. But the man that is made in the second Adam is immune. Verse 49 says, Hallelujah. 49 says, As we have borne the image of the man of the dust, what he's saying, any man that still remains in the dust and you bear his image, you are susceptible to attack. But if you bear the image of the heavenly, that is why Jesus, when he was departing, says, For all that you have given me, I have kept, except for the son of perdition. He says, I pray you, O Lord, that you keep these ones. You don't take them away, but you keep them in the world because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are still dust, you are susceptible to attack. Praise the name of the Lord. We are going somewhere. Touch your neighbor with one finger. Just one finger. One finger. Taste it. Does it taste like dust? Taste it. Does it taste like dust? The beautiful thing about scriptures, we're going, to, we're going somewhere. We're going to where everything is wrapped in the world. Now the Bible, one of the beautiful things is when God punishes man, he punishes you with love. If you are in doubt, ask Adam. In, in Genesis chapter 3 verse 21, the Bible says, even when God has chased them out of the garden, the scripture says in verse 21, the same God that chased them out saw that they were naked. He went to a boutique and bought clothes and covered their shame. That is the God that punished them. So he covered their what? Their nakedness. On their own, they couldn't cover. The reason why we don't know your secret is because God is covering your shame. Amen. Even the son came. The scripture also tells us, by the time he killed his brother, God said, you shall be a fugitive all the days of your life. And he returned to God and said, this punishment is too much for me to bear. And God says, I've punished him, but I still love him. And so he placed a mark on his forehead and said, whoever touches him shall receive sevenfold. Which kind of God does that? It's only a loving and a prosperous God. Praise the name of the Lord. So let's go on. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 3. Remember, man is dust. Man is what? Dust. Adam is what? Dust. So if you are a dust, everything that Satan wants, he can take away from you. You will make money today. You'll be in hospital seven days. That is what, that is what Satan is designed to do. And so God said to himself, Genesis chapter 3, give it to us from verse 14. Let's still look at those punishments. In the second part of that punishment, God said, give us verse 15. In verse 15, he says, I will put enmity between you and the world and the woman, and her seed and your world and your seed. And the seed shall bruise your world, shall bruise your head. The seed in himself was talking about who? Was talking about who? I can't say he was talking about who. Now, when God wanted to bring the seed, he appeared to a man called Abraham and said to Abraham, Genesis chapter 22, verse 18, help us. He said to Abraham, I want to bless you and multiply you. In verse 18, he says, in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have heard my voice. Remember, God had already prophesied that he will raise a seed to, 
to, to do was to bruise the head of that Satan. And so he started that and raised a man called Abraham and said, I want to raise a seed from you. And so Abraham went to his wife and said, God wants to raise Isaac from us. And so they began to struggle. He did not understand which seed God was talking about. So usually when God says he will bless you, doesn't mean he will bless you now. It is you need to understand the perspective in which God is speaking from. Now, it took us the reading of Galatians chapter 3 verse 16 before we understood what happened in Genesis 22:18 multimedia Genesis chapter 3 verse 16 so God appeared in Paul speaking says brethren verse 16 Paul now speaking in Galatians says I speak the, and he said to the woman he said no Galatians chapter 3 verse 16 Galatians 3 verse 16 not Genesis. Galatians chapter 3 verse 16. Are we there? Now, Paul now speaking said, when God was speaking to the man called Abraham, he says, and now to Abraham and his seed where the promise is made. What letter is that S? Does it correspond to the same letter of S that was written in Genesis? So he is referring to the same person. Now hear this. He said, to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. The promises were not made for me. It wasn't made for Isaac. It wasn't made for you. The promises were made only to Abraham and his seed. Relax. You are getting a little tense. To Abraham and his seed. And he said he does not say the word seeds with an S which means plural. But he said, as unto one, and that seed is who? Is Christ. So when God was speaking to Abraham and saying, I will bless you and out of your seed, the, the whole earth shall be blessed. In his mental picture, he was seeing who? Jesus the Christ. So the same way when God was speaking to Satan and saying to Satan, the seed shall bruise your head. He, was, he had the mental picture of Jesus the Christ. So that is why Abraham struggled. It took 14 generations between when God spoke to Abraham and to the time of the birth of David. Jesus never came. It took another 14 generations from the time of David to the captivity of Babylon. Then Jesus still never came. It took another 14 generations from the captivity of Babylon to the birth of Christ. 42 generations was what it took for the emancipation of the seed of Christ. So don't be in a hurry when God makes promises. He has a better plan and a better time. John chapter 19 verse 26. We're going to see something. But bring up Isaiah chapter 53 verse 10. Now remember, God said, Abraham is the dust. He's the falling glory. He went ahead and said to Satan when he was pronouncing judgment. He said, I am punishing man. But at the same time, I'm pronouncing victory ahead. In Genesis, the Bible says, and the seed shall bruise your heel. So it wasn't Satan that bruised Jesus. God said in Isaiah 53, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. So he put Jesus Christ to grief by himself because he has spoken it. That is why Jesus answering them said, for no man taketh my life, for I lay it down on my own words, accord. 
You say he made his soul as a as an offering of sin, he shall see his worth. The same as the same seed, he shall prolong his days. How did this happen? Let me show you. John chapter 19, verse 26. Remember, the Bible says, You shall bruise her seed, and the seed of the woman shall bruise your head. Say with me, the seed of the woman. Now read it louder, the seed of the woman. Now, he said the seed of the woman shall bruise your head. So when God permitted Satan to be bruised, he took him to a place called Calvary Tree. On that cross, Jesus suffered for you and I. That is why the scripture says, he knowing the glory that was to come, endured the cross. It wasn't as if it wasn't painful, but he endured because he had already seen the victory. In John 19 verse 26, Jesus on that cross, the Bible says at the moment he was about to die, he lifted up his head and he saw his mother and then he also saw the disciple in whom he loved because he saw himself as the seed that was being bruised and was crucified and he remembered that the seed will be the seed of the woman for the second time in scripture the bible says and jesus referred to his mother as a woman and he said woman behold your son why did he call him woman because he saw himself as the seed and he also saw the mother as the woman in whom seed is being crucified and his own seed is being bruised but he didn't panic because he saw the glory that was to come because in three days time he will be bruising the head of Satan that is why when Jesus went into the into the grave he came back in in, 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 in Matthew 28 verse 18 and he said for all powers have been given to me in heaven and on earth where did the seed get the power from the seed that the dust lost by the fall of Adam God took all the powers that he gave the seed and uh, to get the dust and he placed everything inside the seed so the glory that Adam lost God planted everything and wrapped it up in the seed so what Adam could not do the first Adam the second Adam was able to do so when the first Adam is susceptible to attack the second Adam which is a seed is immune so if you are still operating the post of the dust you are susceptible to attack. That is why the scripture says, for in him and his seed were the promises made. It wasn't made in you, it was wrapped up in that seed. So when you say, I am the head and not the tail, that promise is wrapped up in what? In the seed. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm closing. Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. So now you understand when the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, it says, For all the promises of God are in who? In who? Who is a him? So all the promises that you are quoting, it is not in you. It is in that seed, wrapped up in that seed. So when you say, I am the head, I'm not the tail, invariably that promise is in the seed. 
You are not going to get the promise until you get the seed in you. That is why Jesus at the beginning taught us the parable of the sower. Because he's not going to give you a miracle as a big offering. He has placed it and wrapped it up in the seed. The next question is, what do you do with the seed that holds your promise? You have the option to water it. You have the option to prune it so that it will germinate the promise that God has said. Everything you need is all wrapped up in that seed. So when you say, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, that promise is wrapped up in the what? In the seed. When you say, it is no longer I that live it, but Christ that lives in me, the promise is wrapped up where? In the seed. When you say, I am the child of God and no evil can come upon me, the promise is wrapped up where? In the seed. So start pruning the seed and stop looking for a promise that was never meant for you. Praise the Lord. And so Jesus speaking said, or the Bible speaking in Genesis 8 12, he said, For seed time and sown time shall not work, and harvest time shall not work, shall not cease. As long as we keep sowing the seed of the world, we shall reap the promise in the name of Jesus. In closing, I read to you 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57, as I ask you all to please write. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. The man called Adam had all what the second Adam had, but he lost it in the place of glory. But God in his infinite mercy took back what belonged to us and wrapped it up in the song called Jesus the Christ, which is the seed of the promise. And so the scripture of Paul speaking, encouraging us, says, don't fret what the enemy does. You have the seed. Your miracle is not expected to blossom overnight. If you understand the concept of seed sowing, you will know that seed takes time to grow. Especially if in your seed there is a forest. It may take a little while. So when people say, where is your miracle? In deep inside you, you know that your miracle is wrapped up in the seed. It will take a little while, but it shall surely come. Because as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest time shall not cease. Paul then speaking, he says, but thanks be to this God who has given us victory on every side through who? Through Jesus the Christ. When we were in Adam the dust, guarantee of victory was not sure. But in the seed, guarantee of victory is sure. And the next verse, verse 58, now encourages us. And it says, therefore, my brethren, therefore, grace assembly, be what? Be steadfast. Be what? Be steadfast. If you planted a seed, take a while. It will take a while, but be steadfast. 